0: G'day everybody, it's Peps, and today I have for you the Sydney Swans 2022 season preview. Will it be finally the time for the Swans to glide themselves into the top four, or will they be sitting at the pond watching other teams to Premiership success? I can't answer that question for you. So I've reached out to the beautiful Northern States and got in contact with Hugh Robertson you might know him from the Raw, but more importantly, he's going to give you the ins and outs, the nitty-gritty of
1: the Swans. Hugh, welcome to Lace Out. Thank you, Peps It's a pleasure to be here. I, uh, I'm so excited for this season. I bought my tickets for round one just the other day, and I am counting down the days. Well, I can tell you now, I was
0: fortunate enough to go and watch your mob live last year, and it happened to be a game against Richmond at the
1: MCG, cool. where you... Cool decimated yeah <laughs> that's one of my favorite games for the last few years that was a beautiful thing to watch it was a beautiful thing
0: i even took my daughter to that and being a melbourne supporter going to uh, that was when lockdown finally finished here in melbourne we were like we're gonna go watch the footy it was a beautiful day and you smashed them and then i felt sorry for you in a way because whether it was injury form factor covert i don't know what but we just weren't able to maintain that form for the end of the year because You would have given it a major shake if you had continued at that level for the remainder of of, of what happened in 2021. Absolutely. So from your perspective, like what are the the hopes, what are the dreams for your mob this year? What can you tell us about the Swans and your outlook on them for the
1: upcoming season? Well, I reckon really top four should be the expectation for everybody inside and outside the club. So we finished... Uh, just outside the four last year on uh, percentage. Yep. Uh, And we dropped three games to teams that we absolutely should have beaten. And if we'd won that, I think we would have finished second. So this year, and our draw's not too bad this year as well, so there's absolutely no reason why, if we tighten up a bit and win those games, that we should, you know, a few more games into the young kids and a bit more maturity and hopefully a bit of a sting from losing that final against GWS. In that absolute heartbreaker, uh, will you know get a bit of fire up them, and uh, inspire them to greater heights this year. You know, what concerns me a bit about your mob is
0: there is so much talent that's young right now. Yeah. Yet if I have a look at names, and I'll only just throw some out at you: Franklin, Kennedy, Sinclair, Dane, Rampy, Hickey, Sam Reed. I could even go down, if I want to, as far as Naismith, Parker, and Fox. They're the year 29 and above, which yeah. is sort of that, okay, we need to start thinking about what's going. That's a core group of around about, I reckon, 10 to 12 right there. But here, if I go the other end of the scale, I could pick out names such as Golden, Logan McDonald, Braden Campbell, Chad Warner, Dylan Stevens, James Rowbottom. So even though you're going to lose what's at the top, you've got some really good stuff sitting at the bottom just to flourish. The young young
1: core coming through is extraordinary. I I did a quick count before, and there's uh, 17 kids, 25 and under at the start of the season, who are, you know, who have 20 games, 50 games, 70 games, who are starting to play some serious footy, and can be the core of the team for the next. You know, six, seven, eight years. It's it's a very exciting bunch, uh, and, and that's even sorry. before you look at the draftees from last year, who all have you know. I mean, as every draftee does, lots of people saying good things about them. But uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. And you mentioned like people getting games into them. Like, there's a couple of these names that
0: just jumped out, and because we're in Melbourne, we are obviously focused about on our teams. We don't see Sydney's matches, but you know, I see a name like Ryan Clark, sixty-seven games. Like, oh, where did that come from? Or I could. Uh, Oli Florent, yeah, we know he's been around for a while, but he's, he's only a couple from um, 100. Will Hayward is 89 already. Even someone like Tom McCartan, who you wouldn't think, okay, how, how many has he played away? He's at 70-odd, and Nick Blakey's at 54. Yep. So you have got those, they're young, but you've been able to get games into them. And where you're being a little bit different, let's just say a, a North Melbourne, is I mentioned earlier that top-age talent has been able to protect them whilst you get those games into them. Where other, other teams, and mine included, over many, many years, haven't had them, so we've had to throw them through the pools.
1: Absolutely. Your mentality has been, we're not going to do that. We'll play them when they're ready. Play them when they're ready, but they've been ready at a very young age. And a lot of these guys have played a lot of those games together uh, over the last four or five years. There were a couple that weren't great where we finished bottom four uh, two years in a row. But now you're starting to see the sort of chemistry of the team. Um, It was so much fun watching them last year, and there's there's a bit of energy about them in a very unswans way. You know, everybody thinks of the Swans as being that sort of hard-nosed, contested footy team of the mid-2000s. Uh, and that's a reputation that has carried us for a long time. But we've got some flair. We've got some serious skills. Oh, you've got and some zhuzh. Yeah, Don't worry about that. Right. You've got the zhuzh. And they're having a great time. They're loving playing with each other. And they just look like they're having a
0: blast. Well, you consider someone like Tom Papley, who two, two years ago wanted to leave. Yeah. And now he's running around going, have a look at me, look at me, dinner's on. Yeah.
1: He's just, he's loving his footy up there in Sydney. And I think it's a classic Swans thing as well because he was unhappy, you know, things weren't going well. But had a couple of years at the bottom of the ladder. And I think, you know, COVID was probably a, a factor in that. But the coaching team sort of pulled him in and said, look, you are a serious player. You're going to be one of the leaders of this club for a long time. We want you to be one of the leaders of this very young forward line Go and teach the kids what you're doing. And I reckon that um, responsibility, he's absolutely loving it. And you watch the way he gets around the kids like Sam Wicks, Errol Goulden, um, how much fun he and Nick Blakey have all the time. It's, there's a great vibe about them, uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch. He and Will Haywood as well have the best relationship. They just look like they're having a blast. Well, you, But you've got a blast. Like, how can you not get excited? You've got
0: the seventh... Uh... Youngest list, if that makes sense. Sorry, seventh oldest list. But that's only 25, 24.7. But even from the game's perspective, 50, uh, 70.4. So I was looking at a different stat. So you've got a nice age window, but you've got a nice number of games. Now, mind mm. you, if you take out Kennedy and you take out Franklin from that, it would probably drop a couple of points, which is almost even better to a degree because it means that you've got a really nice mix. The other clubs are either really too top-heavy, Geelong, or you've got other clubs that are too young, mm. as an example, you've really got a, a nice evenness. Of, so if you do fall off the top, you've got that underneath. Too many other clubs over the years have really topped up or we're going to get rid of all our oldies, go really young and just get smashed. Yeah, so
1: You're going to absolutely. get smashed
0: if you're old and smashed if you're young. I don't know what's in the water up there with Horse, but he just happens to just keep getting the best out of your mob year after year after year. I think – from from everybody that we look at, he's is very well respected. Um, everybody would love to have a horse, long mower. And when he was playing, I didn't I didn't expect him to be. And I will say this now: a better coach than he was a footballer, and that's a big thing because he was handy player. He yeah. was very very handy as well too. So looking at it this year, um, I got asked a question: Franklin, second last year of his mega deal contract. Yep, second, it is the second, second last. It might be the last year. Might be the last year. I the last year so yeah. I could be wrong there. He, he has been sensational for that, for that club. He's been, I'd, I'd even say he's more of a Sydney player than he is a Hawthorne player now. And that's a big thing. Yeah. How much of an impact has this guy had over just the whole game up there in Sydney and bringing people through the, the gates? But more importantly, how he's just brought the, the reputation of the club as well too because he should have pinched a couple of
1: extra flags as well. Absolutely. No, he's been massive. I mean, I've been a Swans fan for 25 years. And the difference in the way that the team is talked about since he arrived has been really exciting. And it's, it's the difference between just sort of being glad to be there and actually expecting to win, which is not something that I think the Sydney uh, Aussie Rules fraternity uh, community ever, ever had about them before. Well, let's say it right now. The Sydney, Sydney full-stop lover winner. Absolutely. So they love a winner. And, and when you're winning, they're well. grinning, and when they're not, you can see the tumbleweeds going through the Steens. Absolutely. Exactly but right. it's, I mean, like, that place is heaving. When Franklin's on song and, uh, you know, it's a big game, you know, it's, it's an extraordinary place to be. It's not, you know, it's not the MCG, and I don't know that we'll ever have that sort of, you know, dyed-in-the-wall, absolutely rabid kind of support. Uh, interesting, like, that Richmond game, the South Melbourne supporters were louder, even though there was only ten thousand of them, were louder than the thirty thousand you get at the SCG most of the time. But it's it's happening, and it's so much of it is to do with him. And I think talking about expectations around the rest of the competition. I think again, the Swans have gone from being a you know everybody's second team to actually everybody hating us, and I don't mind that. You I know? don't hate you. <laughs> I think well, there's a few other teams that do. I don't like. Yeah, um, that <laughs> might, that might rhyme with Messenden.
0: Or Mollingwood, yeah. or uh, Mitchmond. There's just <laughs> if you can sort of figure that out. Oh, we love footy, full stop. But when you're in the heartland, it sort of happens. Yeah, but yeah, you got. There's just so much respect for the Swans because I know that we look back and go, "How do you do it year after year after year after year?" They've spoken about like the Perth Wildcats over in the NBL and how many mm. they've been in the finals. I think they've only missed the finals like two or three times in the club's history. From mm. the Swans' perspective, if you don't make finals, what? How? How did that happen? But he <laughs> does. Even when we, even it we comes don't back make the next finals,
1: year. exactly. Even when we don't make finals, we do it aggressively. You know, there's none of this milling about at tenth or twelfth for five years and hoping that the rebound will come naturally. It's we're going to suck for two years, but then we're going to get some good kids and bounce back up, and we'll be back at the pointy end before you know it.
0: Well, how does a team lose their first six games of the year and still make finals? Yeah, You know, right? there, there's something. Yeah. There's there's a ne- <laughs> there's a never die attitude about them. I've got to ask you about too. And look, they've been going around for quite a while. One of them, just explain to me what this guy means to the Swans and Callum Mills.
1: Mills is, I think, in many ways a poster boy for football in New South Wales because he's a local product. We've watched him come through. You know, he's always been a little bit undersized and we were all very worried that he was just going to get smashed around. But watching him mature after you know, year after year and step in the, into the void in many ways that Jared McVeigh left, not just positionally because he was coming off that half-back flank, but uh, I think sort of spiritually and emotionally. If you read the stuff when Josh Kennedy was talking about him standing down as captain, he went to Longmire and said, Callum Mills is ready. He's ready to be captain. And, you know, he's 24. And that's pretty young for a club where there's no shortage of leadership, but he's clearly ready and it's interesting because, you know, we always thought that Heaney was going to be the guy and I thought he was going to be the next captain for sure. And Heaney is it's a wonderful player and I love watching him. But there's something about the kind of quiet determination of Callum Mills. It reminds me a bit of Paul Kelly. Not so much in the in the, well, that, like the, that's a the big playing goal. side. Yeah, absolutely. But just in that, like, he would never say more than 20 words, but you knew that every time he'd go out, he'd crack in as hard as he could. yeah. And um, you would never had any doubts about his... Uh, ability or his leadership or his, his sort of will. Uh, and that's, yeah, it's high praise. It's a beautiful thing to see. And, and, but the poor
0: kid, unfortunately, and I say kid, but you know what I mean, but the, the poor guy, he, probably the last couple of years hasn't had the greatest run with injury. So just when he thinks mm. he gets over one, something else pops up, something else, something else. Once he gets going, he's, he is just one of the most reliable running around for your group, and not even for your group, in the league. Like if, you were, yeah. if you're a coach, I want Callum Mills on my team because you just know
1: what you're going to get. Absolutely. He was so good in that little passage last year. I mean, he was in the top handful of players in the comp, I reckon, in the sort of middle of the season last year before yep. he got knocked down a little bit.
0: Tell me about the other guy. You mentioned him a moment ago, Isaac Heaney, like another local boy. There was yep. obviously, oh, they're pulling him through their academy, et cetera. But i to say it for what it is. Like, okay, you need as much help as you can get up there. Yeah. Right? And he I, I don't said- have any to call up because... If you go to Adelaide, it costs a lot less than it does the cost to live in Melbourne. So what, they should get – I, I don't think you're using the cola for what it was. I don't care what Eddie said. You need it. <laughs> you need it. But this is a guy that you've got to keep because, yeah, for all the for all the stableness that you're going to have with he, uh, with um Mills, this guy's the flash. Like, Absolutely. He, 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 where, where, where Mills is the, the steak, this guy's the sizzle. He yeah. is just – He's, I love watching this guy. And like I said, the game I watched last year, mwah, he was just gorgeous. Gorgeous he's, to watch. He's I extraordinary. Respect, I don't want to get that, yeah. you know, get that <laughs> wrong in his way from the way he plays his football. He's
1: extraordinary. And another guy who we really have only seen glimpses of because of injury. You know, if he actually gets a full season at it without a little niggling something or, uh, you know, he's had ankle injuries, he's had various shoulder injuries, if he gets a proper run at it for a whole season, He's spectacular. He's one of the few players, I think, in the entire competition who has the combination of uh, like ball winning ability, but then his vertical ability is extraordinary. And you look at guys like, I don't know, he's not quite the same, but if you look at like Pendlebury or Bontempelli, the guys who can go from the midfield to the forwards and have a huge impact, they've been doing it for a long time and are very good at it, but they can't jump. Like they can't jump like he can. He's got the most incredible vertical leap. And when he's on song, and you saw it a bit last year, when he's on song, he's spectacular. It's amazing.
0: Well, with those two guys that you mentioned a moment ago, they're pushing 190 plus. He's only 184. So he's not tall. He's losing a couple of inches on him, but he has got a vertical leap. I remember watching him at a game at the MCG Mayor um, oh, probably two, three years ago. And I think he sat on Jesse Hogan's shoulders
1: that day. The one in the back pocket. Yeah. yeah you know, the one. Uh, <laughs>
0: everybody seems to win mark of the year against us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he was, he's a, he's a serious player. And you can just sort of, you can just see he just needs a ber- Like he's all Australian calibre. Oh, he's just got to get his body right and have that consistency as well, mm. too. But I've got to ask you about one guy who I don't know what you're going to do with him. So you might have an insight for me. Paddy McCartan.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think he's definitely a project player and it's such a swan's thing to do to to pick him up and try to figure out what to do with him. Honestly, at the moment, I don't quite know how he fits in and I suspect that he'll probably be made to work for it as Longmire does with everybody. Um, But I do love the thought of, the McCartan brothers running around in the same back line for the next few years. He's definitely, I mean, we've never, we've lacked a a big body defender since Heath Grundy retired. And I think occasionally uh, when we come up against teams with the real big key forwards, you know, you think of Charlie Dixon, Harry Mackay, um, Hawkins, you know. Cameron, uh
0: yeah, even he could even say Ben Brown, Tom McDonald, but they're not—they're—they're they're just Absolutely. tall. They're tall and they've got a bit of size about them. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah.
1: But we've been playing for years. We've been playing Dane Rampey on them, who's given up you know fifteen, twenty, thirty centimeters every single time. Tom McCartan's come along and he's a superb player, and I love watching him down back. But you know, somebody with a bit more bulk on them would be, I think, is sort of the one thing that we're missing. Lewis Mellican was going to be that guy, but he hasn't quite risen to the level that I, I think, think people it. wanted him to. Yeah, he shows he shows glimpses, and I do love him. I, I've got a lot of time for him, but he hasn't just quite hasn't quite cracked it. So maybe it'll be a, a horses of courses type thing where you're only bringing Patty in for you know eight to ten games a year when you really need him against the the Gorillas. But um, I don't know. I think he was playing really well in the twos last year, uh, and everybody spoke very highly about what he was doing down there. So I think you know, give him another season to get confident and to get right. And, you know, fingers crossed, no more head knocks.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. The concussion issues we've spoken about. Yeah, um, When I say
1: we've spoken about, the football community for many, many
0: years have spoken mm. about Paddy McCartan, responsible. He's playing himself as a backman where he's actually going to be putting the into somebody else rather than the other way around. It could be, it could actually be the Sydney version of Liam Jones without the the COVID injection. <laughs> Because if you think about, if you think about Liam Jones, he was a forward. Goes to Carlton. He was almost all Australian squad at one stage. Yeah. Just how well he could you like Patty McCartan, if if anybody doesn't know, this guy's 194 and 94 kegs. He's a big unit height-wise, a big unit body-wise. If you're a full forward and you're walking down and you're seeing that. It doesn't matter what your skill level is. That's somebody to worry about. You're probably not going to want to one-on-one with this bloke. He's just going to say, look, all he has to do is punch. The pressure's not on him as much to to kick the scores because we know forwards are where the pressure. Mm. This might be something, another one of those genius things that the Swans have done that you just sit back and, why didn't we take a punt on this guy?
1: Well, the guys that I mentioned before, Heath Grundy and Ted Richards, both started their careers as forwards. And then, you know, Teddy came over from Essendon Reg came over and was he had one game where he kicked three or four goals. And then Ruse and Longmire looked at them and said, no, no, you're defenders. Get back down there. And then they locked down that back line for 10 years.
0: And I can tell you that I had a chance to interview Ted Richards on the uh, Lace Out Chat With series. And you can find that in our Chat With uh, series uh, collection, if you desire, on the Lace Out podcast. But, uh, yeah, he he was awesome. And he said the same thing. It was just like, you know what? I I looked at it and went, okay, well, I've normally played four, but I'll, I'll go back. And the backline is awesome because you can see, you can see the game in front of you. You're able to adjust as more. You can adjust, you adjust to your player. One person who adjusts better than anybody I've seen from a long, long time, besides Jakey Lever, is he just reads it like a book. But that guy that you've got going, the good old number, uh, Mr. Rampy. Sorry, I've forgotten. Mr. Twenty Four. Hey, so what's he looking at? He's looking at probably what he'd be one eighty nine. I actually thought he was shorter than that, one eighty nine and nine. Is it's he,
1: the hair; it's very tall. It, it might be
0: the hair. <laughs> he, he looks short and always seems to be ten centimeters shorter than his opponent. Yeah, he never gets beaten. Like this guy is an absolute. He he is a gun. Like yeah. any club would want him. Is he, is he the backline leader down there? Oh, with him absolutely. and
1: Lloyd as well. Yeah, and he has been for several years. Uh, and really came out of nowhere, you know, famously was playing in the local comp up here when he got drafted and nobody really thought he was going to be much and he's just grown and grown and grown. It
0: was, it was pick 37 in the rookie draft. They're the ones that we sit there and go, oh, how did we miss
1: that one? Yeah.
0: I'm, a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm surprised that he hasn't got more All-Australians under his belt because you look at the regards that, that people put him under, I thought he would have had a couple more than just the one that he's got. I know he's made the squad as well, but
1: yeah, squad's nothing. Well, I tell you what, you get him uh, not having to play on the big gorillas again uh, and let him do that sort of third man up uh, half back marshalling and then start some of those rebounds, I think he's going to become a very, very damaging player this year if he doesn't have to do those lockdown roles. That could be, that could be very special. So for the, for the Swans to
0: make that jump, and funny enough when we say jump, because a jump for you guys is from bottom four to top four. yeah. Well, <laughs> Most teams jump is like bottom to, to top of the bottom eight. In some cases, it's just getting – it. but for the Swans, we know you, you, you spend a lot of time in the top eight. What, where can you see the improvement and what's the danger for you guys this year?
1: So I think, I think the improvement and the danger are two sides of the same coin, which is the youth and the energy and enthusiasm. If those kids that we were talking about before, the guys under 25, if they can make the next step up and really start taking over games, then that's top four easy. If they play the last year and above, spectacular. But, you know, I think a lot of teams will spend some more time uh, doing more work against the Swans and looking at more in the video room. Um, there's always the chance that you have, you know, second year Blues or third year Blues or that, things just don't quite click the way that they did last year, which was a, a, an incredible and magical year. And I think you saw a bit of it, you know, the sort of lack of maturity just came through occasionally at bad times. So there was the loss to GWS in the final where we just couldn't kick that final goal despite, what was it, eight shots on goal, 10 shots yep. on goal. Oh, um, I think he kicked, what,
0: two six in the last quarter or something or uh, something. Like and you that. were I,
1: peppering those I goals. I still haven't been able, able to rewatch it. It just makes me too sad. But then you look at, Three of our losses last year, we lost to St Kilda by 29 points, lost to Hawthorne by 38 points at a time when Hawthorne were not troubling anybody, and we lost to Gold Coast by 40 points. Like, you know, we just can't do that. And I feel like that's a sort of, you know, getting more experienced in this competition, getting better at turning up every single week regardless of who the opposition is, not taking teams like that for granted but showing up and saying, no, 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 we've got this, we're going to beat these guys, and we're going to do it properly. We're not, we're not banking on the four points before we've even got off the bus. You said it perfectly a moment ago. It is a double-edged sword.
0: Your double-edged mm. sword is the fact that you've only got 13 players who have played more than 100 games.
1: Yeah, and half of them aren't even in the, the best 22 anymore.
0: You pump another two seasons into, that, into those kids, my goodness gracious, like on, the word dynasty we keep talking about, with other clubs, and we're not going to mention anyone in particular, go <laughs> But you, you you, can just see it where uh, a certain club, they had Cochin, Prestia, uh, Martin, um, they had Boston in there, they had Asprey, they had all these guys, Grimes, all coming through together. Yeah. Another team Salem, Tracker, Oliver, Biney, Arms, all coming through together. Well, oh, look at this mob. Warner, Golden, Stevens, Haywood. You know, you can hear what I'm saying here. There is Absolutely. so much. It may not happen overnight, but I think it will actually happen. So, so the
1: window is wide open. The next, oh, it's a, next big six years it a big window. It is a
0: big window. Like some, some people think that they've got a window. The only window they're looking through is at the play school window, the round window. I think you've got a genuine window. And it may not be this year, but clubs need to start getting worried about your because even though you got your top end talent, Franklin, Kennedy, Parker, and Rampy, probably who will eventually fold, you know, fold in the next couple of years, there's so much coming through. Absolutely, you've got that. You have the luxury then to top up because you've done the hard yards with your drafting as well. You're in a a cracking spot. How can you not be excited? To
1: you? Oh, I am very excited
0: so what's the, what's the feeling within the within the Sydney community at the moment? Obviously, um, practice games are coming through, and we're going to see with that. Is there any Who's lighting it up at the moment on the track? I know everybody's burning it up on the track, they're setting their PBs, um, et cetera. But what have you heard, you know, under the radar that um, a lot of us may not have heard so far. Who's the
1: excitement machine? Well, I mean, you've probably heard it, but I mean the exciting thing is that um, Buddy's playing a preseason game for the first time, possibly in his entire career which suggests to me that he is absolutely humming along, which is uh, a rare and exciting sight. Um, I'm really excited, and I hope we get some games out of him this year, uh, about Braden Campbell. So he was uh, Errol Goulden's best mate, came through and played a few games last year and was looking good before he got struck down with injury and didn't really feature in the back half. But he, the raps that people have on him from junior footy coming through, you know, best kick in the competition, um, smart kid, you know, quick, can win his own ball. Uh, I think he could be could be a real player. And the other one who I love is Justin McInerney, who's had a oh, couple yeah. of great years. But I reckon I reckon with um with Jordan Dawson going, he's the obvious person to slip into that role. That sort of halfback wing can run forward, can kick goals. Uh, he had a good couple of years, you know, he got nominated for the rising star in both of his first two seasons. Um, but if he can take that next step, I think he's, he could be something special. Is George Hewitt going to be a loss for your mob? Yeah, I think he will be. I mean, like I was saying before, everybody thinks of the Swans as being the, the Brett Kirk team of the mid-2000s, but our contested ball for the last few years has actually been pretty ordinary. We've been in the bottom half for the last, I think, five or six years, uh, and Hewitt's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting there Um, very underrated player. I think Carlton absolutely got a steal uh, and I was very sad to see him go. So we really need somebody, a couple of players to come through and to start uh, picking up the slack there. You know, Kennedy's not getting any younger. Um, Park is still in there, but also, I mean, he's only 29, but still you need people to start coming through. Um, Mills has shown he can do it. Uh, Ollie Florence shown that the patches. Papley loves getting in there. Um, and throwing what weight he has around. Um, but I much prefer him on a half forward where he can oh, yeah. go forward and kick some goals. So I'm interested to see, you know, you want Chad Warner um, cracking in there. Uh, James Bell, I think, has shown flashes, you know, slightly taller. But, you know, he's now 23 and I think is ready to start crashing into some packs um, and going and digging the ball out. So, yeah, some, we've been able to, to still win games and still kick goals without being. Uh, an elite contested ball side, but I would like us to be a bit closer to the middle of the pack because uh, I think so much of our defence is based on uh, pressure up the ground, and that's what allows McCartan, um, Mills, uh, Dane Rampy, um, Alia before that to be able to drift over and intercept. Yep. But if you're losing every single contested ball or nine out of ten, that ball's have, coming in. You don't far have the time. Much. Exactly. Yep. You don't have the time. You can't zone off. You can't do anything. You're just constantly under pressure. Um, and you can,
0: you can absorb that for a little bit, but if it's constantly, constantly, absolutely. constantly coming in. The down in, wall's going
1: to break, yeah. It
0: will, it will break. And the thing is, it might not break until halfway through a third quarter. It might not break until halfway through the last quarter. But when it breaks, it breaks. And as we know, for whatever reason, momentum is really dangerous in football at the moment. And once absolutely. teams get it, well, it is hard to stop.
1: You saw your D's win the granny last year in five minutes. They just ripped apart that 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 third quarter. It was extraordinary. I'll uh, just just to, just to
0: uh, clarify it there for you. It was 19 minutes from <laughs>
1: the third quarter. If anybody wants
0: to uh, review the DVD, which I might do after this, but now nah, exactly right. It's that once that once it bursts, it's 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 just so hard to stop. And the thing is, is that you've got so many. What I love about your forward line, I will I uh, will all say, is that yes, you've got Buddy but we know Buddy's getting on, but he's still somebody that you have to worry. have got Logan McDonald, You know, future to step straight in. You've got Heaney down there. You've got Papley down there. You've got Florida. You've got options. Teams could dream to have this many options. You even got um, Kennedy still running around at the age of 432. Yeah. You still have to worry about him. Luke Parker, yeah, he played in the black and white days. I think he played in their first flag for the Swans. <laughs> He is still someone you have to worry about, so you Absolutely. have to still worry about the old, but you've got the new as well So you, It's exciting times. So, if you had to sort of, you know, get the get the magnetic ladder out and put them someplace this year, where where do you see the Swans finishing? Uh, and regardless if it's top four, it's bottom four, I don't. It's up to you. Where do you see them finishing at the end
1: of let's say the home and away season? I reckon they can push for top four. I did a yeah. uh, a couple of ladder predictors. In preparation for this and i had them shaking out of that third uh, mm. and that that i felt i wasn't being overly generous you know i was giving some home team some advantage i was trying to be sensible about it and not just be a one-eyed supporter but i came out with third a couple of times and i reckon based on last year that's not an outlandish um prediction i think they should be going for a prelim final honestly i think if they'd beaten gws last year they would have Won the next game. I who remember. would
0: they have played? If they played GWS, they would have
1: played. Oh God, who was it? Uh, Geelong. I think it was Geelong. Yeah,
0: I think Geelong played GWS and smashed them, and then
1: yeah, and GWS Geelong. just looked absolutely exhausted, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, it was yeah. Geelong. And I reckon we would have done all right um, against Geelong. Uh, we beat. And then them. who would you have played after Geelong? Uh, then it would have been. So Geelong went through and played Melbourne. So it may have been. And, how, and how would you have gone against them? Uh, well, we played them uh, last year and only lost by nine points. And yeah, I remember took that game. It, a took more, it right like, up to them.
0: It wasn't a great. It wasn't a great game to watch that one. Let's be honest with yeah.
1: it. But no, I'm it saying that
0: you've got there. You're constantly there. There is no reason why you can't. And once again, you get another 22 games into these young kids anything can happen. And once you get to top you get to finals, anything can happen. You get to top four, you can really believe that you can make
1: something. Absolutely. I think they showed last year that they can win free-flowing, high-scoring games, which is something we've never been particularly good at. But they also won some arm wrestles. They won some real grinds um, against, you know, solid contested ball teams. And if we can just, you know, improve a bit of that um, to take it up to the Melbournes and, you know, the Geelongs and those sorts of teams who are, Always going to bash him around in the middle. Port as well. Um, doggies as well. Um, yeah, I think I think if, if the kids can come through and start getting a bit of that, then uh, then there's there's no one we can't beat. Hey, Peter Adams has joined you. This is the last guy that I'll, I'll
0: ask you about. You've brought him in. Yeah. Is, how is he going to change up the team, or how is he going to make an impact for you guys this year? Well,
1: I'm very excited about him. I mean, Horse has always wanted to play tall. I think he likes coaching and playing tall sides. Um, but our guys just get injured all the time, whether it's uh, going back to Tippett, Sam Reed, uh, Sam Naismith has just done his ACL again. So they've... Oh, no, not his ACL. Did his ACL last year. They just announced that he's out for the rest of the year. They're just going to sit him and put him in Who's cotton wool. Sam Naismith. Um. They just announced last week that they're putting him in cotton wool for the rest of the year to let him get right. So, and Hickey... I mean, Hickey was extraordinary last year, but God knows those knees are holding on by <laughs> like, Yes. I don't think it's even a thread. I think he's out of threat. Um, so if we can play Hickey and Laddams together, um, you know, Hickey showed a lot of movement around the ground, which I was very surprised by, very mobile bloke. Um, and then if Laddams can be a bit of the, that sort of big bopper um, and do a bit more of the grunt work, I think it's really exciting. Because he is, I mean, we had glimpses from Hayden McLean had a really good year last year. Joel Amati came in for a couple of games and had an impact. But I think they're still, I mean, they're both still 22 and 23, I think, yeah. um, and not, not as big as they're going to get. So if Vladim's going to come in and be that second serious Ruckman, which I think Horses always wanted to play, I think he could have a huge impact. And he's come under Dixon. Sorry. He's, he's learned <laughs> under Dixon.
0: <laughs> when you're doing these things late at night, it can really come out the wrong way. But he's done his apprenticeship under Dixon. Now he's going to go under Hickey. So he's, he's learning from a couple of the best. He's only twenty four. He's played thirty two games. Like he's 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 done his semi apprenticeship, but he's only going to get better under these guys. And like you said, if he goes, if you go to double duo, that means that Hickey. I remember that game against Richmond. I keep going back to it. Hickey, I think he kicked two out of your first three goals in that game as well, too. Once again, you throw a big guy forward, you have to adjust. You have to adjust to that. So. That's going to be such a benefit for you guys. And you're right. He, to bring him in, Horse only brings people in. He sees something in, Absolutely. genuinely. Yeah. He's definitely seen something in him, too. So, so I'm going to put the old agates on the uh, chopping board here, Hugh, because we're going to take our lens off just the Sydney swans and we're going to have a look from a big perspective. And I, before I do that, actually, now we'll do this now. Who is going to be in your eyes, Premier for 2022?
1: Look, uh, I think, I think the Dogs are going to do it this year. Okay. I, I thought they looked really good at times last year. I, I think for a lot of the year, they were the team to beat. You know, them and Melbourne were clearly the two all season. But I feel like the Dogs, you know, they're still pretty young. Losing last year will have fired them up. Beveridge, I'm sure. I don't know if you've seen the Chopper reed moustache that he's um, rocking at the moment. But something's happening there. He's, he's feeling it. Uh, and I reckon, I reckon they, could go, they could go one better this year. Hmm, interesting. Nice pick. All
0: right, what about from a Coleman medal perspective?
1: Look, as much as this pains me to say it, I, I have a feeling it might be Harry Mackay. You know, Carlton, Carlton are going to get better this year, uh, and if he's getting delivery from the Sam Walshers of the world, I think, he's going to kick, I think he's going to kick some bags. So he kicked 60-odd last year. Yeah, he wasn't far off it. I think he ended up third. Um, oh, he won it last year.
0: Oh, he did too. He did, yeah. He won it last year. Of course. Um, yeah, Tom Hall well, came second, and I think Fritchie came third or whatever. But, yeah, it's it's
1: awesome. So you're yeah. going the big fella, Harry Mackay? I reckon he can do it again. I don't, I don't see that there's too many other teams who funnel so much of their attack through one yep. player as Carlton yep. did. And maybe maybe he'll get robbed of a few by some of those mids getting better and some of the kids yep. getting better. But and Charlie Kerno's back. If Charlie Kerno gets
0: fit. Then they've got yeah. a couple of options. But you're right. If you can find teams that have um, a funnel that they have to go down, Carlton have to go to him. Yeah. Um, I think he might be injured for the first couple. I could be wrong with that. But that might affect it. But once again, you know, being a bottom team like Carlton are they're going to have a couple of double ups against the lower end, so they should be able
1: to. he should be able to dominate against that as well. And he's Magroup proven Magroup- he can do it too. He's proven he can kick sixes and sevens and eights, and that's what you need. Get a few of those on the board and you can't be caught. And he goes, he goes
0: straight. So he's a straight line runner. Yeah, he can, he can go at angles if he needs to, and he can get his own ground ball. So he, you know, for a guy that's you know 195 plus,
1: yeah, he's a fair player.
0: He's a fair player. He's a fair- <laughs> What about from a Brownlow perspective? I know this is coming up. It's come up a few times where Brownlow's Brownlow because that's a midfield
1: of water, rather like the MVP coach award. Yeah,
0: your perspective. Who, who's sort of catching your eye at the moment?
1: I feel like there's going to be a very sort of uh, semi-tragic and semi-poetic end to the Brownlow this year. I think Jack is going to win it in a St Kilda team that's not going to make the finals. I think he's going to continue that long tradition of inspirational St Kilda leaders in disappointing St Kilda teams. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, God love them. But it's just not going to happen for them this year. They're trying really hard, but I don't Geez, think it's going to happen.
0: If only that ball bounced for Milne, none of them wouldn't be talking like this about St. Kilda ever yeah. again. Two times. Yeah, the time. whole narrative.
1: Yeah. Their whole narrative
0: <laughs> changes. Exactly right. Oh, and, nothing's ever happened to us. Do you remember back to 2010 how good we were? We won that flag yeah. against Collingwood. No, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not going to occur. So Jack Steele to take it out, but in a very disappointing St. Kilda team. Yep. I am a little bit concerned about St. Kilda, I must have. Yeah, me too. All right. Who's going to be the breakout star for the Swans? Who is somebody that people may not know about, but he by the end of the season they're going to come back and go, "Listen, shit, I should have actually listened to you." He he knows what he's talking about.
1: <laughs> so I reckon the two I was talking about, Justin McInerney earlier, I think he could make the leap to like serious player in the competition. Yeah, but the one that I'm really interested to see how he goes is Dylan Stevens. So he was in the same. Uh, he's been around for a couple of years. Hasn't quite been able to make uh, his own role in the team. But Horse likes him. He's apparently training the house down, you know, as everybody is over summer. Um, but I get the sense that they might have figured out what to do with him. Uh, and I think he could have a real impact. They talk a lot about his, uh, his endurance and his running. Uh, everybody loves his kicking. Um, I reckon it's time. He's had a couple of years there. He, he could be the guy that sort of takes that leap into, into serious player. And who gets a tap on the shoulder from uh, Horse at the
0: end of the year? Who's going to be the breakdown? Oh, who's, look. Who's on their last legs?
1: I, I, I hate having to think of. Everybody hates this question. But it, unfortunately,
0: you can talk about file. the good stuff, but there is somebody that you have to do that at the end of the year to. I'm sorry.
1: Look, I am worried about Tom Hickey. I'm just yep. worried about those knees. I just don't know how much longer they can go. And last year was such a, a miraculous and charmed run. Yep. Um, but. I mean, the only players that I think are in serious danger if we're talking about, you know, Mm. end-of-career stuff aren't in the best 22. I think the one who's in real trouble is Sam um, Reid, which pains me to say because I've been a big fan of his for a long time. And When he's on, it's one of the most beautiful things in the world. But he's a bit like his brother, you know? They just can't get on the park. And Reid, I think, is now, you know, Laddams has come over, um... Joel Amarty's come through, Hayden McLean's come through. I think if you're looking at that, you know, second tall forward slash pinch head in the ruck, uh, and he's, he's 30 or 31, so, I mean, he's not even that old. But, you know, if you were looking at list spots, you'd start to think, well, maybe that's one that we could free up and, and use 30. it on somebody else. Yeah, he is the, oh, look, totally
0: same sort of question, but I have to ask about these two. What about, um, we've spoken about Buddy, so we won't, we won't mention him. Know that he might go another. It depends on how this year goes. If he kicks his 1,000th and he goes, you know, everything works, you get the flag, he might go, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. But what about some two people that I have to ask, Parker, Luke Parker and Josh Kennedy? They're obviously getting towards a twilight. Could you see either of those two? Will it depend on
1: what's coming through if those two continue or not? Oh, look, I think it's too early this year. Um, yeah. I mean, Joey's, Joey's 33, he'll turn 34 this year. I think he's got this year probably another, um, you know, he's still playing very well. He's still at a very high level. Um, and I think what he offers in terms of leadership, I think ideally what you'd want would be able to move him out of the, the nitty-gritty um, and to do what we did with, um, you know, Kieran Jack and Jared McVeigh, which is sort of move them a bit to the side, funnel less of the game plan through them, um, but still have them there as leadership and on-field. Um, Parker, Parker's 29. Uh, he won another best in fairest last year. Uh, I think he's coming into the peak of his powers. We think of him as an old player because he started playing at 19, he played in yep. the 2012 Grand Final. And he has taken a lot of punishment. But I honestly, he seems to be totally up for it and loving life. I think there was a bit of scuttlebutt last year when there was the contract extension. Yep. Might he go, might he not? And nobody quite knew what was going on with that because the Swans never you never get a single whiff of anything out of... Uh,
0: uh, no, nothing sneaks through the cracks with your mob.
1: Some friends of mine on Twitter call it um, uh, Pyongyang on Punk <laughs> because it's such a secretive, <laughs> secretive regime, you just never hear anything. It's nothing at all gets through, do they? But Parker, like, if even if people come through, I mean, he's still doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the middle, but even if some kids come through and push him out of the centre square, you could very easily play him as a half forward yeah. for three or four years. And I reckon he could kick 30, 40 goals a year. He's so strong. He's so good overhead. He's such a great competitor. I reckon if you stuck him at, uh, at a forward pocket and just let him do whatever he felt like doing, I think you'd have a fun couple of years you of know, him just like smashing into some poor half backs and making people wish that they weren't down there. Now, the, the thing that makes me laugh is, and sorry, I shouldn't, when I say laugh, it's just I'm a
0: bit stunned by this. Since joining Sydney from Hawthorne, Josh Kennedy has played twenty plus games every single season except for two. Yeah, one of those was nineteen, and then there was the twenty twenty season where he got injured. How reliable is this bloke? Like he he, just—you know—you think all right, he'd be not in and out, but you miss the odd game here. He doesn't miss games. He plays continuous seasons. He's just dominated for many many years. It's either it's either gonna he's either gonna go you know break guns or That's
1: it. Absolutely. You might see him. And not only that, but I think he's only been finished outside the top five in the BNF Mm -hmm. once. And I think it was, uh, it was that year when he got injured in 2020. I think maybe last year he came sixth, but those are the only two times that he's done it. Um, So he's just such a consistently wonderful player. And like, I still have memories of that 2016 final series where he was just extraordinary and the grand final where if we'd won, he would have won the Norm Smith for sure. He, have, he had Norm. He, he did have yeah, Norm. I reckon he had a pretty good claim for it, even in the losing team. But um, unless your name's Chris Child, you don't get that. So um, oh, he's or, or Nathan Buckley. Well, true, yeah. Uh, he's, he's wonderful. I love him. I, he's everything that I love about the Swans. You know, he's hard, he's earnest, he's tough. Um, you know, he's never been a dirty player or even had a whiff of, scandal or anything about him. I don't think anybody has a bad word to say about him. Um, I don't know how you could say a bad word about every, every him. Clubs,
0: every club's got that bloke everybody wishes. Every 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 male football follower, he's the type of guy you love your daughter to come home with. Yeah, absolutely. It would be sensational. And every guy mums would love their daughter to come home with as well too. Yeah. Rightio. Now, before we before we uh, wrap this one up, Q, People are sitting here right now, and they go, "Tee, I tell you what, I know my Sydney. This guy's an absolute jet. Like he knows his stuff. I want to get more Hugh Robertson in my life. Where are they going to be able to discover you? I know they're going to be able to find you on the Raw. Yeah. Where can they during the twenty twenty two season find or read or listen to you more um, about the Swans and
1: your observations on them? Honestly, it's mostly just on Twitter, where I spend a lot of time yelling at every yeah. single game that we that we play. Um, I I would love to write more and to comment more on the Swans, but I feel like I'm too close to it. I just get, like, if we lose a game, that GWS final we lost last year, I was, like, in bed for two days. And that's not conducive to print deadlines and to, um, you know, getting, <laughs> getting that hot take out there first if you need to spend two days in bed. Yeah. When we lost in 2016 to the Giants, I was honestly sick for a week. <laughs> I went to bed for a week and I didn't get up. So I'm not I'm not a great person. Oh no! Just say it how it is. You've got to love (laughs) the
0: wins and feel the pain with the losses. Everybody wants to hear that, and I think that's the thing is is that that's the brilliant thing about speaking to people like we've been doing these season previews, collaborating with experts on their teams because you guys know the teams better than I do. Full stop. All right, outside of my own, I love the passion, and I want people who listen to this going. I want to get more of that through the year, so. Don't stop writing. Don't <laughs> stop talking. And whatever you do, don't stop tweeting because that's some of the funniest stuff people can do and interact with you as games go on as well too. So don't stop, as Journey said, don't stop believing, especially in the Swans as well too. <laughs> Listeners, that there is your 2022 season preview. You're brought to you by the superstar, Hugh Robertson. i tell you what, when I reached out, you were like, Get me on board. I want to have a chat about a club that's so passionate uh, and so close to my heart, and I can't thank you enough. But more importantly, there's just one question I have to ask you, Hugh, and it's simply this: Hugh Robertson, co-host of the Sydney Sydney Swans, Sydney, Sydney Swans 2022 season preview,
1: how do you watch your footy? Lace out.
0: There you go, listeners. Have a great night, Hugh. You are an absolute superstar. Good luck, Swans. Keeping you in the eight. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Place Out. Head over to iTunes and Spotify to subscribe, rate and leave us a review. And remember, join us every single Tuesday night, 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on our Facebook page with yours truly, Christopher Pepper and the co-host with the most, Jamie Wallace, giving you your footy how you want it. Place Out.